gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for this beautiful time that you've allowed us to come into your presence to give you all the honor and the glory. We acknowledge you in all of our ways and everything that we do. We know that it's only through you and by you. Father, your word says to remind you of your word. Your word says that you are a present help in our time of need. I thank you ahead of time for every miracle, every healing, everyone that will experience your deliverance and your love on this morning. Thank you that none of us will leave here the same. We thank, thank you ahead of time for all of your love. Thank you ahead of time for all of your grace and mercy. None of us and all of you, we gather here to praise your holy name. Holy Spirit, touch. Open our eyes spiritually. Open our ears to hear. Open our hearts to receive all that you have. We decree and declare that we are the head and not the tail. We are on top and not beneath. We are blessed in our going and in our coming. We decree and declare that we are a royal priesthood. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Isn't God awesome? Come on, let's praise God. Let's give God the biggest praise and the loudest shout. Come on and praise Him. Don't, don't praise me. God's been... God's been better than, to you than you're praising. Come on, let's acknowledge God. Hallelujah, Father, we exalt you this morning. Father, we praise you this morning. Father, we adore you this morning. And we give all thanks to you. Thank God for his presence being in the sanctuary with us. We honor the presence of the Lord always. And again, I say always, we acknowledge him and the Lord will lead us. And so for that, I have an attitude of gratitude. Thank God for this day. This is the day the Lord has made. And uh, we're rejoicing. How many of you are glad that God allowed you to be a part of today? Somebody didn't get up. Somebody, somebody didn't wake up. But for whatever reason, God has allowed you to be above the ground. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for that. And I don't know about you, I'm just smiling. I have joy. I have joy, and this joy, the world didn't give it to me. He didn't give it to you, and so they can't take it from you. And always remember this, children, if we keep God first, Matthew 6, tells us to seek after him, to pursue him. You know, many people in the world, we pursue jobs and careers, and all that's good, and it has its place. We pursue relationships, male, female, husbands, wives, uh, parents to children and children to parents and grandparents and uncles and aunts. And all of those are beautiful relationships. But there's only one relationship from everlasting to everlasting. It's only one relationship that will always stand in the midst of crises and will always deliver you, heal you, and keep you in the midst and no matter what you're going through, God will keep bringing you through it as you keep acknowledging him and, and praising him. When the doctor's throwing the towel, God said, but I'm the healer. I'm the healer. And I just want you to remember this before we 
take our seats. I don't ever want us to lose the awesomeness of God. Sometimes, man, we're having such a good time in, in our praise and our fellowship. So good to see you guys, and it's good to see each other. But the main reason, ah, Shabbat, the main reason that we gather is to corporately give God all the praise. And, and, and there's something, there's something supernatural that happens in the realm of the spirit and manifests in the natural when you praise God. Demons will flee. Demons will run. Sickness will flee. Oh, I need you to hear me. Oh, my God. Where the presence of the Lord is, there's liberty, there's freedom. We're going to talk about some of that today. Where the presence of the Lord is, there is liberty and there is freedom. And so I'm just always at awe when God gives us another day uh, to give him praise and to, to say thank you, God, to, to say thank you. Because the Lord lets us know in the book of Matthew 6, if you, he said, if you pursue me, I'll allow you to find me. He says, if you put me first, I'll work out everything in your favor. I want you to prophesy to somebody. I just want you to, to turn to your neighbor or the person in back of you next to you and point your finger at them. And I want you to give them the prophetic word of the Lord. If you put God first, everything else is going to work together for your good. And it's going to work in your favor. I don't know why you're here today. But if you praise him, it'll shift. <laughs> Come on and praise him. I said, come on and praise him. 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 See? Praise. Praise is a weapon of war. 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 Come on, Janae, give me that. My praise is a weapon. And I will use Listen to these words. I will use it. I will fight. Come on. My praise is a weapon. Come on, praise team. I will fight. Hey. Till I win. I praise is a weapon. And I will use it. I will fight. I will fight. Till I win. I praise is a weapon. And I will use it. Hey. I will fight. 
never forget it. Praise is a weapon. Prayer is a weapon. Worship to God is a weapon. And that's why we're thankful. Thank God for this wonderful praise team. Thank you guys. Thank all of you. Thank you, minstrels, for leading us into worship, leading us into the presence of the Lord. Thank God for Pastor Robin. Thank God for her. We honor her. Give yourselves a round of applause. It's good to see you. It's good to see you. Good to see you, and it's good to be seen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I really want to dive right into the Word of God today. I have some instructions um, from the Lord that I know is really going to bless you. And I need you to understand the power of God's word. Uh, God is one with his word. God said that I'm not man, that I can lie. It's impossible for God to lie. And God wants us to understand and know how powerful it is when we have faith in his ability and not our own. Say that again. God really loves you. And he wants you to know how much that he loves you through his sacrifice that he made for you. Uh, St. John, we're not going to go there now. You can get in your notes, meditate upon it the rest of the week. You should always meditate in your word and the word that God's going to have me to give you. If you want to get this message, you go to the bookstore immediately after service. It's right over in the school. You want to continually hear the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord will build your faith. It will build you to believe God for everything that God has promised for you. And I want you to know that when God is for you, and he is, he's more than the world against you. I want somebody to just kind of say that to themselves. God is more than the world against me. And he made me a winner by design. Whew. Oh, man, I get, I get excited when I, when I think about that. I'm, I'm never defeated because I'm a winner in, in and through Christ. Well, for the month of... October. I can't believe that we're already in October. We are in harvest month. We have acknowledged and celebrated the feast of Rosh Hashanah in September. According to God's calendar, we've crossed over uh, into the new year, the year 5,783, according to God's calendar. So Hebrew people, Jewish people, Christian people around the world who understands God's calendar are, have celebrated Many of them have went across uh, the waters to go to Jerusalem in different places um, to honor God, to meet their families, to bring in the new year according to God's calendar with their family, to bring in to the new year having a heart of repentance, of cleansing and renewing. And so thank God that we have acknowledged God's calendar here at Word in Action, and we've had a time of cleansing, we've had a time of purification, identifying that Jesus became our Passover lamb, and how he sacrificed his life for us, and so the cross is really so powerful, we kind of left off on last Sunday as we were preparing uh, to come into what's known as Yom Kippur, uh, which means the Day of Atonement, and I was explaining to you and showing you through the Word of God in the Old Testament, what the children of Israel, um, how they would have to go to the tabernacle, how there was a tabernacle, a place of worship and a place of prayer and praise where God would meet the children of God and he would receive their uh, offering. Uh, he would receive their sacrifice. And so if you look at the screen, um, you can see where there was an outer court, there was an inner court, and then there was a holies of holies where only the high priest went. 
and he would sprinkle the blood of an animal, the sacrifice that the people would make for atonement. There had to be a blood sacrifice. It's not like now we bring a sacrifice, an offering uh, to the house of God uh, to take care of the needs of the house of the ministry. The Bible says um, that God says when we bring the tithe of the offering, when we give it, we have an expectation that we can't beat God in our giving. When we give, it shall be given back to us, pressed down, shaken together, running over. But the reason, the true reason that we should be releasing and giving to God in the house of God is so that the work of ministry continually can continually go on and move forward to touch other people like hopefully you're being blessed and you're being touched. So when I heard Pastor Robin, even during the, uh, uh, during the offering, it was so powerful when she was just talking about all the things that God has used us to do uh, here at Word in Action. And so uh, for me personally, me being the one that God used to birth this vision, um, it, it, it really touches me when I see the magnitude of ministry that God has done through us as we yielded to him to bless people in the city of Detroit when we didn't have anything. There was nothing but a word that God gave me, and I started with six men in a lower level of my home, and now to have this campus and the television ministry they have and all the things that we have, it was because of my obedience and then your obedience to obey the word that God has given me has called this ministry to be what it is. And so there is a reward that comes to you for this. Ooh, I want you to get this. There is a reward that God has for you for your faithfulness. And that's why I learned a long time ago, if I'm fake anywhere, I don't want to be fake with God. Somebody know what I'm talking about. I don't want to be fake with God because you have fake yourself out. And so as we deal with this miracle realm, I want you to understand miracles represents the supernatural. When there's things that you cannot do in your own power, God will partner with you as you partner with him. And things that seem hard, God can make it look easy. And so I think about uh, our ministry, Word in Action, Christian Center International, when God gave me that name, when God spoke to me concerning raising people up for him that would acknowledge him, be sensitive to his presence, have a desire to live for him, have a desire to worship him, and have a desire to be different from the world. God, when he spoke to me, there was nothing around me but a box because I was preparing to move to Atlanta. I had my own agenda. I had my own purpose. I had my own goals. I knew what I wanted, but I just didn't know better for my life. Let me say that again. I had my own agenda. I had my own goals. I had my own purpose. I had my own identity. I knew what I wanted. I knew what I wanted to do. I knew how I wanted to do it, and I had it all mapped out, and then God spoke to me in the midst of that and asked me not to do my will but to do his will. And so where we are and where I'm standing and the seats you're sitting in and the screens you're looking at and the church you know as Word in Action, which is a really a household name now around the world. We've been on national TV, Hollywood TV, and we have so many other great things coming up I can't talk to you about now. Um, but God did it, which means he intervened where I had nothing. He put everything because I said yes. God wants your yes today. Tell your neighbor, God wants your yes today. When you say yes to God, anything is liable to happen in your life. When you say yes to God and you mean it, 
anything is liable to happen in your life. And when I say anything, I'm talking about great things and big things and things that will blow your mind. Let somebody know around you, God wants to blow your mind. Are you ready for God to blow your mind? Can you believe God? Can you believe God? If you can believe him, then all things become possible to them that believe. Can you believe God? <laughs> Amen. I'm a, I'm a little excited today. I had a little moment. I was over and I had a few meetings this morning over in, in the uh, school area. And uh, I was walking over with some of the sons and I just stopped in the, in the gym. We call it the G-E-M. And uh, just had a moment, man. And I've been trying to get out of that moment ever since I had a moment. You know, I walked in that G-E-M, and I remember the first day I walked in there, and it was red and ugly, and it had bleachers, had a few birds flying and pooping in the gym. Part of the roof was off the gym. It had old stinking wood. The floor was horrible. There was nothing about this facility, there was nothing about this property that was attractive. Half my church, when they saw it, they thought I missed God. They left, they walked out. A lot of my leaders got up and walked out. They didn't see the vision. And if I could be honest, I, did, I didn't see it either. I just heard from God. And sometimes God will speak some things to you that you, it don't make no sense in the world. But I knew I heard from God because it wasn't something that I could do in my own strength and in my own power. We're talking about a miracle. Miracles is a divine encounter with God. When God gets into situations and something you can't work out yourself, God, work it in your favor. Are you ready for your next miracle? And the reason I said next is because many of us have experienced miracles already and we didn't even stop to tell God thank you. Because we didn't even realize there were some situations I've been through in my life and there's no way it should have worked out the way that it worked out. But by the grace of God, and I'm here to praise and acknowledge God, not because what I needed him to do. Some of us is praising God because of what he's already done. Somebody know what I'm talking about this morning. Some of us are praising God because God's already been better to me than I could be to myself. If God didn't do anything else, I can just praise him all day when I think about the goodness of God and his mercy and how he brought me through and turned and changed doctor's reports. And when people walked out and left me, he didn't leave me. And when people died on me, he didn't forsake me. And when people couldn't comfort me, he comforted me. When I think about the goodness of God, Miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. Guess, just think about what can happen now if I can just believe him for the next miracle. If I can just decree the next miracle that everything is shifting. I'm speaking into my life that everything is shifting in my favor. I don't understand everything in front of me. Matter of fact, I don't like everything that's going on. But I decree and declare according to this word because the Bible said in Mark 9, 23, if I can only believe that all things are possible to them that believe and I'm a believer that believes it and I don't understand everything and I know I'm not perfect but for some strange reason God loves me and for some strange reason he calls me his own when I would reject myself and for that I'm thankful and for that I'm thankful I don't know how far he brought you but I know how far he brought me 
And the truth is, I should be sitting where you at. You probably should be where I'm at. But I'm thankful that he thought enough of me. I'm just thankful. Please be seated. I'm just thankful. And I'm so grateful. It just keeps a praise in my mouth. Don't worry, I got a word, but it's just... Got in that gym, and I thought about them birds. And I thought about all those people. They didn't mean no harm. So, spiritual sons and daughters that I raised up, and they they say he missed God. They couldn't see it. They didn't mean no harm. They walked away. They had people that stayed, but they couldn't be apart because it was too much to look at. It was too much to do. They didn't. We didn't know where to start. We didn't know whether to start in the sanctuary. The sanctuary was raggedy and smelly and ugly. We gutted it. The whole school over there was raggedy inside out. The administration building was raggedy inside out. They had two bull massives. They let run through the building and, and urinate all over the carpet in the administration building. Over 7,500 square foot of building space over there. God says to the man of God, that's the place. It didn't smell like it. It didn't look like it. Pastor Robin got a migraine headache. We were walking through here with the realtor. She got a migraine headache, and she said, I'm going to the car. And when she said that, I said, it must be the place, Craig, because she did that on Wyoming. We bought that. That must be the sign when it's God. She did I'm saying this because God is going to do something in your life that your eyes haven't seen, your ears haven't heard. Thank God for the doctors. We thank God for the lawyers. Thank God for husbands, wives, and all the wonderful relationships we have. But God's going to do something for you that can't nobody else see, including you. I receive it. I prophesy there's going to be some doctor's reports that's changing in your favor. There's going to be some judgments that's against you changing in your favor. See, some of y'all you, you, some of y'all ain't going to get it because you, you, you don't have an attitude of gratitude. But I got, I got in that gym. Please be seated. I got in that gym. I got in that gym, and I couldn't come out for a minute. I just started praying in the spirit. Blue lights were on in there. And now the floor is all beautiful. And the walls are painted and beautiful. New windows. I couldn't, I couldn't afford to do anything that we did. My finance person came to me. I'm building somebody's faith today. They came to me and they said, Apostle, the people love giving it's gone down there's only a thousand dollars left in the bank account and I got all of this space 75,000 square foot of space 5.4 acres of land and everything needed to be touched all the electrical need to be re redone I had a $90,000 a month budget at the time that shot up to almost $200,000 a month. 
with the, with the construction, owning another building on Wyoming, being in the Renaissance School, paying all those bills. See, God got a way to put the glory on you. You be up here shining and folks be like, he ain't got no problems. He don't have no worries. Mine is greater than yours. I just don't talk about it. I give it to Jesus because I've seen him work it out too many times. So I'm qualified to tell you what he did for me. He desires to do for you. Everything around me was falling apart. There were times when I would get the joy of the Lord in my car and pull over and I'd be laughing and crying at the same time. Be happy and sad. You ever been happy and sad at the same time? There's times where I just felt I missed God. Walking in a building and some of the people that stayed with you, they, they, they were looking at you funny, talking about you behind your back because they weren't sure if they should have stayed either. You had to endure that. I endured it. And I said all that to say, the whole building has been touched. 95% of it is totally finished. Talking about a miracle. Because I don't know what's going on in your life, but I tell you, if you stop murmuring, if you stop complaining, if you stop saying the wrong stuff, the right stuff will happen. You stop hanging around the wrong people, the right people will come. You get rid of the bum, the real... Okay, I'll stop. Let me... I just... Just had a little moment in the gym. I'm, and I thought about... We're talking about miracles. Hey, Taylor, we're talking about miracles. And so fitting. Well, thank you, Craig. That, that was just your shepherd, your, your spiritual father. I'm just... Just sharing, was sharing my heart about miracles and faith and how we had to build all this. And we had $1,000 left in the account. And the, 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 the giving wasn't all that. And people had walked away. So everything in the natural sense was against me. I don't care what's against you. I don't care who is against you. If you will continue to, to humble yourself. To trust God with everything. To praise and acknowledge him. He will turn everything. I didn't say some things. I didn't say one thing. I said he'll turn everything in your favor. He'll bless you beyond your wildest imagination. Father, I thank you. I received that word. I received that word. Lord put it on my heart. He was dealing with me this morning, two this morning. And on last week as we were fasting and praying uh, during Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, uh, there was a few things that the Lord had me to talk about on all things new. And the last one was on Friday. Thank God I'm free. And the Lord began to deal with me with this because so many people don't realize, those of us that have received Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, that God has called us to be free, to be healed, to be delivered, and to be set free of all of the wiles of the enemy. 
And so the enemy is real, and he's always coming against our thoughts, how we process, how we think, how we see things. And I was thinking about that when I was in the gym, when those birds were flying in there and poop was everywhere, and it was horrific, and people walked out, how the enemy wanted me to doubt God. He wanted me to doubt that I heard from God. He wanted me to doubt that God was with me because of what I was in in that moment. And maybe you're going through some things, and maybe you're in a situation. Maybe you have a 911, and maybe there's some things, and there's multiple things that's coming up against you that's around you. But I want you to know that God has already set you free from the issues that may be in front of you or around you. But it's not your issue. It's you. It's not your issue. It's how you're processing it. So I processed that gym, I solved that gym, but I didn't believe it to be a G-Y-M, I believed it to be a gym. I believed it to be a diamond in the rough. Some of you have some rough situations, some rough things that's been transpiring in your life, but it's not as rough as it seems. I want to say that again, it's really not as rough as it seems, but what you see is real. But God has a strange way of taking what's real and working it in your favor. Let's look at, let's go over to John for a moment, John chapter 8. And I want us to look at verse 30, John chapter 8, verse 30. As we read the, the word of God, I want us to be receiving it. Let's not just read it, let's not just be a hearer, but I want to be a doer of God's word. Father, make us to be a doer of your word. The Bible says in St. John chapter 8, verse 30, then many of the Jewish leaders who heard him say these things began believing him to be the Messiah, speaking about Jesus. He was speaking to the people, to the multitudes. Jesus said to them, you are truly my disciples, if you live as I tell you to. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. I love it. It makes it so plain and so simple. But I want to break down that word for a moment, disciples. Disciples means disciplined one, a disciplined student, a follower, a person that adheres to the teaching. Disciple, discipline. What we need more than anything right now in this season in the body of Christ, we need more disciples of Christianity than we need so-called Christians. Disciples, students, followers that manifest the presence, the grace, and the mercy of God to be a blessing to others. A light that shines in dark places. He says here, you are truly my disciples if you live as I tell you to. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But we are descendants of Abraham. This is the children of Israel responding to Jesus. But we are the descendants of Abraham, they said. And have never been slave to any man on earth. What do you mean set free? 
Jesus replied, you are slaves of sin, every one of you. And slaves don't have rights. But the son has every right there is. So if the son sets you free, you will indeed be free. Yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham. And yet some of you are trying to kill me because my message does not find a home within your heart. I am telling you what I saw when I was with my father. Ooh, I love this. He said, I'm telling you, that's why Jesus was always quick to say, if you see me, you see my father. If you hear me, you hear my father. Isn't it amazing? We live in a day and age now, if we're not careful, um, you have some people that will give you a legal right to sin in the name of grace. Some people will make you feel comfortable with doing the opposite of God's will and purpose for your life by putting it under grace. Maybe the next message I'll minister next Sunday, if God allowed me, is grace out of place or grace misplaced. But today, I really want to deal with the freedom that God sent his son Christ to give to us as believers. But it's not enough to just be a believer without being a doer of that which you say you believe. I really want you to understand this. You have to be more than just a believer that confess with their mouth and say they believe in their heart. Whatever is in my heart is what I'm going to practice. Because where my treasure is, my heart is. And where my heart is, my treasure is. And so it's so important that we understand. I was talking earlier about putting God first. Matthew 6, when we put God first, when we seek him first, when we go after him and his righteousness, how it will bless us. It will prosper us. Many, many of us think or believe that it's enough to just shout. That it's enough enough to just run around the church or it's enough to just speak in tongues so we use many of the giftings of God the attributes of God but many of us never come into the relationship with God say it again many of us tap into the giftings of God many of us tap into many of the different attributes of God Ephesians 4 11 says God gave first apostles and prophets and teachers and pastors and evangelists for the perfecting of the saints to do the work of the ministry, but how many, how many people really want to or know how to do the work of the ministry? So here, when Jesus is teaching his disciples, when he's talking to his disciples, what he is saying here is, it's not enough for you just to hear the word, but you must be doers of the word. Sinning Christians, and what I mean by that is Christians who literally live their life with purpose, on purpose, to sin and give excuse for why they sin, don't want to hear this kind of message. Because they want a blessing without a cost. God the Father sent his son because he loves us. And he knows without him we can't do it on our own. So in order to come to him, we must give up who we are in ourselves to live a righteous life according to God's calling and his purpose. 
So Jesus calls the chosen people of God at that time, the Jewish people, the seed of Abraham. In a moment, you're going to see, you're going to see, he's going to say, you like your father. You just like your father. And he's not talking about your father in heaven. He said, you act just like Satan, but you go to the synagogue. You act just like Satan, but you're a preacher. You act just like Satan, but you're a singer. And people cry when you sing. Is it possible to be used of God and still be out of the will of God? Absolutely. The gift you have is a gift for the people. It's not a gift for yourself. So Jesus, I just want, I want to set this up, the conversations he's having with them because he's dealing with them from their religious perspective. And I know that I have some religious folks in here because I was once religious. And so this is really going to help you to understand that God came to deliver you. And so in order for me to come into something new, I got to walk away from that which is old. Old things passing away, and behold, all things becoming new. So Jesus already knew in their heart they were going to say, I'm the seed of Abraham. What he was saying was, I hear what you're saying. You're saying it from a religious perspective, your works, your deeds, the traditions of men. But the traditions of men are not effective. So because I know you're going to say you're the seed of Abraham, now I got to let you know you're not the seed of Abraham I'm the manifestation of the promise of Abraham. You're going and being religious, but you're acting like your father. And your father is not God. And so you're getting a residual based on who you're acting like. All right, let's look at this. Let's go back over here. Let's go back over here. Because sometime in our jumping and shouting, we miss how to live a great, blessed life that God wants us to live. Jesus said to them, you are truly my disciples if... You live as I tell you to. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That's why we're giving you truth today. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said, and have never been slaves to any man on earth. Because if you talk to a religious person, you start dealing with sin, they're going to sweep that stuff under the rug so quick and tell you it's under grace. They're going, no, 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 your, your, your past sin, not your future intentional sin. Now, we all make mistakes, ain't none of us perfect, but that's why Jesus gave the blood. But Jesus is speaking to them here. Listen to verse 33. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said, and have never been slave to any man on earth. What do you mean set free? Jesus replied, you are slaves of sin, every one of you, and slaves don't have rights. But the son has every right there is. So if the son sets you free, you will indeed be free. You'll be surprised how many people I counsel that are not free that go to church. You'll be surprised how many pastors and leaders and people that I've counseled because they just didn't know better. When you know better, you... When you know better, you... When you know better, you... Listen to what he said. He said, so if the son sets you free, verse 36, you will indeed be free. Yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham, and yet some of you are trying to kill me because my message. You can always tell when, the, when, when a message doesn't, doesn't rest well with a person, when it challenges them. 
when it doesn't rest well, when it, when it meets you where you are, especially if we're living a life of hypocrisy. We go to church, but we're a hypocrite. It doesn't sit well. So Jesus said he knew who he was ministering to. It was the mixed multitude. He had all kind of people around him as he was ministering. He said, listen, verse 37 again. Yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham, and yet some of you are trying to kill me because my message does not find a home within your heart. It's challenging you. If you go to a house of God, to a church, and there is no challenge, there is no growth. Get that in your notes. If you go to school and the teacher does not challenge you, there is no growth. If you go to, to the university and there's no challenge, there's no growth. The education comes to give you information that brings forth a revelation to reveal something to you that you didn't know. So now you know how to do something you didn't know how to do before. So Jesus said, because some of you all are wicked in your heart, and I'm going to get to it, like your father Satan. Man, Jesus was out cold. This is why they killed him. This is why he crucified. That's why they crucified him. When you go to your job or you go to your family, you ever start talking to them about the truth of the kingdom and the gospel, people are going to, they're not going to like you and they're going to think you're being judgmental, but you're giving them truth. You're giving them revelation so they can get set free without making excuses so that they can come into what God has for them here and in the hereafter. God will reward you for allowing him to use you, but it comes with a cost. People will reject you. People will get angry at you and feel as though you're judging them. No, you're just delivering a message and not a massage. There's a lot of people that's going to get massaged today. This service is going to last a minute. They're going to jump. They're going to shout. They're going to reverend, going to tell them a story, going to rev them up, and they're going to go and live a defeated life because they don't know how to get victory, and they don't want to hear about sin. They don't want to hear about cause and effect. Just give me victory, 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 victory. Tell me everything going to work out all right. Everything is going to work in my favor. Give me a prophecy. I'll give you $1,000. I'll give you $10,000. I'll pay my way out of this. So now it's popular to want to be a prophet. Now it's popular to want to be a preacher. It is popular when it used to not be popular because it's a lonely place. It can be a very empty place in the natural. It can be a very place of being ostracized because when you deliver the word of the Lord, the true word of the Lord, it gets people's attention and it drives out demons. Demons make you sin. You don't sin on your own. So when you open a door and you do something that is desiring of your flesh that causes now a spirit to come in and drive you in that way. See, people today, some people can't stop drinking. It's not, it's not even their fault. They don't even, even want to do it, but they can't stop. It's a spirit. Can't stop lusting. Somebody touched somebody wrong. Now they're driven toward the, op the same set. This stuff is real. It's in the bloodline. Some people are born with the blood of sin that's been in generations. And so whenever I'm counseling a person, I was counseling a young man uh, one time, and he said, Apostle, can you pray for me? 
He said, can you help me? He said, I just got this, this desire. I don't want this desire, but it's like it's just driving me. And I said, he said, I feel like I was born with it. And I said, you were in the flesh. Would you like to be born again? See, I, I need y'all to hear me because we shoot out words uh, like salvation and be born again. And there's many people that have not experienced the born again experience in Christ. They go to church, but they're not really born again. They go to church, but they're not really saved. Their conversation is of Satan. Their lifestyle is of Satan. Let's look here. Let's go back to Jesus. That's why they killed him. They murdered him. Craig, they put him on a cross because he did not preach an easy father. He said, unless you repent, you will die in this state. And then there's an eternal hellfire. And once you die, you don't get a second chance to come back. You don't get to repent once you die. Don't reject the message. God will receive you. He said, if you reject me here, I'll reject you there. I want to be free. I thank God for his freedom. But it's time to walk in it. We're in a new season. We're in a new day. We're in a new year. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of being tired, and I'm sick of tired of being tired. Not of everybody else. Sometimes you got to get sick of yourself. Michael Jackson said, man in the mirror. Man up. Man in the mirror. Isn't God awesome, though? But Jesus is sharing this because he loves them. But it's a hard pill to swallow. We know this because right here in verse 37, again he says, and some of you are trying to kill me because my message does not find a home within your heart. Y'all running around to I'm the seed of Abraham. I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out. He said, now I'm challenging you because your lifestyle is not measuring up. He said, but I want you free. He, he was letting them know, I didn't come to judge you. I came to judge the sin to get you out of it. I didn't come to judge you. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I didn't come to, to point you out. I came to point out the devil that's been working through you, that's hindering you from coming in all that I have for you. That's what I love about God. He said, if I don't expose it, how you going to see it? So look, let's, let's, let's look at this. Let's look at this. Because he, he's telling them. He said, man, he said, some of y'all, look at y'all. Y'all ready to kill me. Y'all ready to stone me. Why? Because I'm, he said, I'm giving you the truth. He said, yeah, I know y'all thinking about Abraham. Y'all got y'all little religious mindset. I know you're thinking about grace. <laughs> I know you're thinking about grace. We're going to get to grace. Don't worry. Grace is in their face and they don't see grace. Grace gives you truth. It gives you time to repent. Stop lying to yourself. Well, I'm going to go to church to be lied to by the preacher. I could have stayed home and watched football game. I need somebody. I already know I'm wrong. I need somebody to help me. What my wrong? Let me. Let's go over here. Let's look at what Jesus. Don't worry, I got some, I got, I have some more. We got some cross-reference scriptures. We're going we gonna to go through the text a little bit this morning. Because you will never be able to say, I attended word and action and I didn't hear the truth. You're not going to be able to say that. 
because God's my source. I eat out of his hand. When you look at this beautiful edifice, he did it. I don't have tens of thousands or a thousand people. I don't have this, that, or the other. But whatever God gave me, I said, God, I will do my best to show forth your excellence. I will not spend it on me. I, people will see it. You will see it. You will see what we don't even have. And it will still, you got, you got the best. You got the best. Why? Because we serve the best. So because we serve him, you should see him when you go in the bathroom. But if you can see him in the bathroom, then you should want to see him in your life. I don't want to see him when I walk in the facility and I don't have him in my own life. I want the same God that bless apostle to be able to build this for us. I want him to build it out in my soul. I want my soul free. I want my mind free. Man, that's love. Love tell you the truth. Verse 37 again. Yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham. And yet some of you are trying to kill me because my message does not find a home within your heart. I am telling you what I saw when I was with my father. But you are following the advice of your father. And listen what they said. Our father Abraham, they declared, no. We're in scripture. We're for some of you, you know how y'all like do it. For some of you New Testament believers, we're in the New Testament. And Jesus is saying, listen to what he says. He said, he said, no, Jesus replied, for if he were, you would follow his good example. Just pause it on purpose for a moment. If he's your father. We got to let them in our heart. We got to let them in our, in our mind. We got to let them in our soul. We have to let them in our home. We have to let them in our closet instead of coming out the closet. Let, just let him in the closet. All of us got a closet. I know I, I, know I had three or four closets. God pulled me out of each one of them. He said, okay, you brought me in that one, but you ain't bring me in this one. You brought me in that one and that one, but you ain't. He kept dealing with the areas that I was not allowing him in. I was religious like them. I only wanted to talk about the ones I let him in. He said, I want to get in that one right there, Clarence, with your sneaky, conniving self. Y'all don't know I'm Clarence. Let's move apostle. He dealt with Clarence. Don't ever get your title, your gift, your anointing mixed up with God's relationship. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to talk to you about you. If any of y'all got such a strong gift and God is always talking to you about somebody else because you got discernment, that's a demon. I don't want to discern nobody without first being discerned. I need help, God. I'm a trip. <laughs> All right, listen. I'm talking about me now. I want you guys, if you don't do it, that's why when y'all be seeing me up here dancing and stuff, I'm like, God, you, you've been doing this for me. When you see me come up here and get on my knees and pray before I get up here and mount this altar, because I keep reminding him, I can't do nothing without you. And that's all he wants. Tell your neighbor. And that's what's going to bless you because it's going to keep your mind stayed on him. So that's why Jesus was saying, listen, y'all, 
Y'all hypocrites, y'all not like you. Abraham ain't your father. That, that's your religious jargon. Your lifestyle. That's what I have. Whether they're Christian, so I'm not just hitting uh, uh, some of us, uh, and I've been a hypocrite Christian. Just me, you fake, phony. But I ain't just talking about hypocrite Christians. There's hi hypocrite folks in other religions. You all that on the street corner, but you ain't nothing at home. You all that on the street corner, but you ain't nothing in your community. You ain't built nothing. You ain't changed nothing. But you, you know what I'm saying? You won't march up on us. But you take that same power. Worry about yourself. Okay, let's do it. Why everybody worrying about what somebody else doing? If your God is real, let him change you. Somebody holler out, work on me, God. You work. I don't know about y'all, but he working on me. He working on me. God, it's a new year. I want to be new. I want to be better than what I have been. I want to be stronger in you. I want to hear well done. I want you to be pleased. I don't care about pleasing the crowd. I never have and I never will. By the grace of God, I want to hear well done. People may not like me. People may not like you. But if God keeps blessing you, they're going to be trying to figure out how. It's because God has accepted you when men have rejected you. I want to be accepted of God. Jesus tells him, look at what he tells him. Erica, this was, this, this, man, this was so powerful. He, he says to them, look here at verse, um, verse 39 again. They say, our father's Abraham, they declared. No, Jesus replied. <laughs> now y'all understand why they killed our Savior? He was a G. Oh, he wasn't walking around trying to get a kind of word to get in your underclothes. He wasn't trying to give you an easy Jesus or give you something else to work out your flesh. This is for your salvation. Church and ministers are supposed to be giving you the gospel for your salvation, not trying to work out your natural problems. Then they set it up so they can get you on a roll call. They see your face and then they come at you. Oh, they're mad at me. I don't cover that stuff. So y'all women, you silly women, don't fall for that stuff. You men don't fall for that stuff. It's a setup. Oh, they're so smart. Hebrews 13, 7 says, consider the end of their conversation. See if their faith is working for them. So whatever they're teaching, just look and see if they got what they're teaching you. If they don't have it, it ain't working for them. Why you gonna take it? All right, let's, oh, I forgot it's Sunday. I got to, y'all want me to tune up a little bit. Tune up and you tighten up. Rev, show tore it up today. Yes, sir. Yeah, Lord. And I write about it. All right. Ain't nothing wrong with a little dessert. But no, it is a dessert. They playing at that point. We at that point we just getting having a good time. But the word brings correction. Because I'm a father, I correct my children. Because I'm a father, I cover them and protect them. That's what a father does. A husband, I I give her security, and I give her strength. Well, that's our heavenly father. He chastises when we need to be chastised. Some of us, 
Some of us don't even know that God chastised. We think everything is the devil. Some of the stuff, you're being chastised for you see it. Not because he wants to. You won't repent. That's why we had Yom Kippur. He tried to repent. God, it's me, oh, Lord. I'm, I need help. I know I'm a cheater. Ain't nothing like coming to God like that. You ain't got to go tell no person. In here, you just keep faking it. You just, you just, you're like, I'm good. But when you get in that closet, God, I need help. God, I'm, I'm, I'm cheating on my husband. God, I'm cheating on my wife. God, the desire is there. I ain't did it yet, but Jesus, you said even if I think it, it's, God, help me with this. God, I'm single, and, and I got a lust problem. God, help. I mean, get in the closet. Talk to him in the closet. Stop talking to your girlfriend. Stop talking to your boys. He's going to bless you. And this is for you. Jesus. Jesus, this is for you. Ah. Pastor Rob, anything you want to share? All right, all right. So look at this. Verse 40, but instead you are trying to kill me and all because I told you the truth. I heard from God. Abraham wouldn't do a thing like that. No, you are obeying your real father when you act that way. They replied, we were not born out of wedlock. They go that religious speech. <laughs> He's not calling out their sin, but he's calling out their sin. Jesus had a way because he's trying to get them healed. And then they go into that religion. What you talking about? We weren't born out of wedlock. You know how we do. We, we name sin that we may not openly <laughs> have been saying. We, we, we weren't born out of wedlock. We born, we born in the family. We got family. Our true father is God himself. Jesus told them, if that were so, then you would love me, for I have come from God. I am not here on my own, but he sent me. Why can't you understand what I'm saying? It is because you are perverted from doing so. Verse 44, for you are the children of your father, the devil. Oh, Lord, have mercy. You look like him, you talk like him, you act like him. You, Jesus was, he was making some folks upset. Let me, let me show y'all something, show you something for a minute. Thank, thank you, son. I see you in position. He's asleep. He's asleep. Why are you sitting down? Eric, wake up. Didn't I get, see, I'm a prophet. I didn't see him sleep. But I knew he wasn't doing whatever he was assigned to do, so he's asleep. The enemy loves to put us to sleep. Because if you're asleep, you can't see. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. I know he loved me. So why he didn't move? He was asleep. He didn't mean it. He just fell asleep. It's all right, son. He's like, whoa, whoa. And that's how the enemy gets in. That's how the enemy gets in. That's how the enemy gets in, children. That's how the enemy gets in. Because he's looking for who sleep. 
If somebody came in here, if they was trying to do something here, they, they want to see if we sleep. If they see we on high alert, then they're going to get out of here. Because they can't do nothing when you when you awake. When the thief tried to break in, he come in at night when it's all dark because he believed you asleep. If the light's on, he ain't coming in. Today, I'm just turning on the lights. We're in a new year. I'm just turning on the lights for you. God loves you. So you can identify, where am I at? Because I'm tired of the, every year coming and going. And I'm shouting and I'm jumping. But if I'm honest, a lot of things in my life ain't changed the way I want it to. And that's why when Jesus was coming to them, he wasn't coming to hurt them, but he was coming to offend them. Because a person don't hear or acknowledge you until they're offended by you. And now everybody can't take the offense. Some people get up, get up and just walk out because they, they, want, they want you to massage them. Rev me up, reverend. But God said, I came to set you free. Jesus told them, if that were so, then you would love me, for I have come to you from God. I'm not here on my own, but he sent me. Why can't you understand what I'm saying? It is because you are perverted from doing so. Ooh, that, oh man, I know they didn't like Jesus. For you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do evil things. He does. Now, can you imagine? Thank you, guys. Y'all can be seated. Can you imagine? He was talking to religious leaders, Pharisees and scribes. Can y'all imagine that? He was talking to religious leaders. Can y'all imagine that? He was saying, you religious leaders, you hypocrites. You preaching real good, but you're not living for my father. You don't look like my father. You do, you do look like the reverend. You do look like the apostle. You do look like the, the, the psalmist. You, you look like the role, trick or treat. Oh, you know how to jump, you know how to shout, you know how to hit the tambourine. Oh, you know how to do all that. He says, but you act like your father when you go live real life. He was talking even to the leaders because the leaders were teaching the people how to live like that. The leaders were teaching people this stuff was okay. Harder judgment comes on people that know better that don't do better. I remember uh, Bishop Claire before she passed, and these some great women of God that was in my life. Bishop Claire, Prophetess Diane Palmer, had some powerful women. And, and those mothers told me, they said, Clarence, the reason God has given you all that he's given to you without the crowd and everything else is because he can trust you because you give the truth. Other people get caught up in the politics of church so they can get what I already have from God. They want the ring. I got the ring. They want the titles. I got the titles. They want the cars. I had the cars. They want the stuff. I had the stuff. They want notoriety. I've had the notoriety. I've been on Preachers Detroit. I've been on Hollywood TV. Steve Harvey talked about me every day for a whole summer. He said if he was here, he would go to my church because I had something that he didn't see in a lot of preachers. I've been there. I'm not selling my life out for no suit. I'm not selling my soul for no shoes. I ain't selling my soul to be a part of the bishop clique. I'm not selling my soul. I'm going to give you the gospel and you do what you want to with it. 
And after here, and then I, I do like all the other preachers, I go eat some chicken when I leave here. <laughs> go get me some fried chicken. Please be seated. We almost done. We're in a new year. God wants us to get it. Tell yourself, sin is not my friend. And I want you to understand where Jesus is going because we're really, this year, by the grace of God, we're going to really dissect Jesus' assignment on earth in this New Testament because he was always explaining and uncovering what sin was. Now, he didn't do that because he wanted you to see that you were imperfect. He already knew that. He wants us to know what sin is so we can know what the devil is using to trick us. Now, if he's grace and he was grace, why did all he do was preach about sin? Somebody help me. How, why is Jesus always preaching about sin and then reverence tell me now, Doc, don't, don't preach sin, preach grace. But sin is the thing that keeps us in captivity, not grace. Grace came to free us. Grace was Jesus. So if Jesus is preaching sin... Why I don't have to preach grace, Jesus is grace. And the grace is exposing what's been holding my life back. Sure as I'm standing here, every last one of us, you got an expiration date. You don't leave here. You need to get it here so you can have it there. You live for the devil here, you're going to be with the devil there. Absent from the body, the real you is a spirit. You're coming out of that body. This was the preacher's job, to cry loud and spare not. Why did they, why did they behead John the Baptist? Oh, come on, y'all. Why did they cut John's head off? He told the truth. I need, to, I need the real estate person teach me about real estate. I need the, the investment person teach me about investments. I need the nutritionist teach me about nutrition. I need the, 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 the gym trainer to teach me how to work out and train my body. There, there, there's a professional for everything under the sun that we need. You don't need the reverend to be all that. You need to watch for your soul and not for your flesh. Not the preacher, not the reverend, not the pastor, not the man of God, not the woman of God. Who's going to fight for my soul? I'm in a battle, and I can't tell nobody. I'm in a battle. I go out every night because I can't sleep. I drink every night because I'm in a battle. I do some things I don't want to do because I'm in a battle. Can somebody help me? Can somebody see me? three in the morning and I'm on my phone for it before you know it oh pastor I don't know why I'm looking at pornography I'm, I'm looking at that because somebody help me with my closet stuff that, that won't uncover me but I hit it when I go to church they'll hit it somebody Jesus tell you never God loves you you came to the right place at the right at the right time I just want to be whole. All right, so let's finish this up. Oh, let me, let me take a sip of water. Let me take a little sip. Oh, let me take a little sip. I understand better, God. 
I understand what Mama Palmer was telling me before she died. I understand better. I understand better what Bishop Claire was telling me before they went to the great reward. They say, baby, God is going to use you to raise up some special people that love him. That's going to be on fire for him. And it ain't going to be about their flesh. And that's why he gave you all the stuff and all the things that people sell their soul out for. You already got it. Go preach his word. And that's what God want to do in your life. God, don't want you worrying about by the time you do all that and die, where it's going to go. You can't take it with you. You done wasted all them years of going after that, man. You done missed out on your children, your family, raising your family, chasing money. You can't even take it with you. God got a way of blessing you beyond your wildest imagination. Mm -hmm. Verse 42. Verse 42. Verse 42. Well, I read it. I was in the barbershop on Friday and uh, was getting my hair cut. And this, this uh, young man I know, he's an assistant pastor at his dad's church. And before I left, he said, he said, man of God, what is it you think that we could have did a little different before COVID to get the people ready for COVID? I said, well, I really can't tell you what you could have did, but I know what God told me to do. He said, get the people to his face and keep the people in his presence and teach him how to pray and teach him how the enemy is a thief. And he comes in to steal, kill and destroy and meet with them. I said, I met with my people almost every Sunday morning. This was before services. And I built them years, years before COVID hit. So when storms hit, that's why some of y'all come back to me, you know, uh, some of you all parents have died and went on to go be with the Lord. And y'all come to me crying strong like, thank you, Apostle. You taught me how to be prepared for this. You taught me how to endure this. I said, if you don't feed the people the truth, if you don't equip them, they won't be able to stand or withstand a storm, even if you didn't know the storm was coming. As a preacher and as ministers of the gospel, life is all about storms. And I said, too many of us played, and COVID is over, and we back to playing. I don't want to be played with. Huh? I was telling them in, in, in prayer the other day, when I was up here, we was on our 24-hour prayer. I started, some of y'all probably don't know J. Cole. Some of y'all probably know J. Cole. I started singing, I started singing his song. I heard his song, and I hear it again. And J. Cole was saying to folks that was trying to, you know, some of these girls was out there living loose. And his song was, don't save her. She don't want to be saved. Don't save her. She don't want. <laughs> don't save her. She don't want to be saved. Don't sa some folk don't want to be saved. They just want to go to church. They, they do what they do in church. They don't want to be saved. Craig, no, I'm telling the truth. There's a whole lot of unsaved people that play instruments. See, they can blow in the church. Them reverends don't care. 
I care. I told Craig, don't be bringing me no bums. Day is over for that. I'm going to be bringing folks in here. They ain't saved. If they ain't delivered, they don't want to live for Jesus. If they ain't tithing their church and I'm paying them, they should be tithing here. A lot of stuff about to be changed. Divine order. Somebody say, God, put. this is the year of divine order. This is the year. 2023 is the year of divine order. Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. When you get in alignment, what was Jesus teaching them, Elder Michael? Alignment. What was Jesus teaching them, Elder Danny? Alignment. He was telling them, I know what you're going to say. I know what you're thinking. He said, but that's false. He said, Satan, the devil, you acting like him. That's why they killed him. He was a murderer from the beginning and a hater of truth. There is not an, an iota of truth in him. When he lies, it is perfectly normal. Some of y'all can relate to that. I, that. I used to. When I was younger, it was just like normal to lie. I was just like, you just, you just lied. Don't leave me out here by myself. Some of y'all sitting in here. I'm, I understand some of y'all can't, you know. My bishop said, if you can't say amen, just say out. Verse 46, which of you can truthfully accuse me of one single sin? No one. This is Jesus speaking. And since I'm telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Anyone whose father is God listens gladly to the words of God. Since you don't, it proves you aren't his children. So if you in here, you offended by something I read. Or something I said, it's because you're not his child. You don't like truth. All I'm doing is reading the scripture. Truth. But the truth sets you free. This is what sets me free. This is what keeps me free. Because Jesus said that he, he and his father is going to judge the preachers harder. All right, go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Father, talk to us today, coming into your, your new year according to your calendar. Father, huh? Thank God I'm free. Come on, somebody, somebody declare that. Thank God I'm free. Thank God I'm free. Thank God I'm free. Thank God I'm free. Thank God. You see, you can't lose when you're God. Listen, look at verse 1. Now Christ has made us free. Now make sure that you stay free. Uh, this is grace. He's telling us what the enemy is doing. This is grace, Joshua. This is grace. That Jesus, he came, the Father sent him because he loves us, but he's sharing the light. He's preaching the word. Look at what Jesus said. Paul, Paul is, wrote, is writing what, he's, uh, what he said to the church of Galatians because the apostle Paul has written this letter to the Galatians. He said, so Christ has made us free. Now make sure that you stay free. Don't get all tied up again in the chains of slavery to Jewish laws and ceremonies. Listen to me for this is serious. If you are counting on circumcision, keeping the Jewish laws to make you right with God, then Christ cannot save you. I'll say it again. Anyone trying to find favor with God by being circumcised. What is he talking about? 
by doing the work and not having the action. Is it possible to do the work and don't have no actions? That's why he said the law was connected to the work. He said, he said but grace is sufficient for the time because now it's a life that you live, not a work that you do. It's, a, it's just a life. It's automatic. You're not doing it by, by the law. That's why Jesus said, said to them, that's why I always laugh. I tell people, I said, people don't realize that grace is a whole lot different and stronger than the law. Because law was given to help keep the people and set them apart as God's people. And he gave them a letter of the law that they were to follow. Jesus came and he says, listen. He said, I didn't come to change it. He said, I came to fulfill it in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. But he says, but check this out. He says, the law says if a man cheats on his wife, he has committed adultery. He said, I say, now listen to Grace. Grace said if a man thinks about it, he's already did it. What is Grace doing? Grace ain't trying to hold you up to a greater accountability. Grace is trying to teach you how not to even let it get in your All right, I get my chicken out. I'm going to get out of here. Uh, yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Verse 4. Christ is useless to you if you are counting on clearing your debt to God by just keeping these laws and traditions. You are lost from God's grace. But we, by the help of the Holy Spirit, are counting on Christ's death to clear away our sins and make us right with God. And we, to whom Christ has given eternal life, don't need to worry about whether we have been circumcised or not, or whether we are obeying the Jewish ceremonies or not. For all we need is faith working through us. That's why I told you, even when we were honoring uh, Rosh Hashanah and uh, Yom Kippur, how Jesus was the fulfillment of Yom Kippur because they used to have to come and put the blood, the high priest had to put the blood, he had to go in the holies of holies, they put a rope on his leg, he would go in there with blood from animals, and he would sprinkle the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. And if God received the blood, the people would be blessed and the priest would live. If he didn't receive the blood for atonement, the priest would die, and they would have to pull him out by the rope. But when Jesus came, the Bible says when he got on the cross, when he paid the ultimate price, he said that the veil, there was a veil in front of the holy place of holies. He said the veil is rent because of his blood. And now you can freely come to the throne of grace. But the throne of grace is the presence of God. It's allowing God to come into the closet. And the blood is sufficient. And so it went, check this out. It shifted from the Ark of the Covenant to the cross. 
Oh, I want you to get this. It shifted from the Ark of the Covenant to the cross. He paid it on the cross. We recognize the cross. That's why even to this day, a, a priest, when they casting out demons, they pull out the cross. Because devils still acknowledge the cross when you believe in the cross. They pull out that cross. Them demons will start screaming because there was power. He sacrificed on the cross. No, oh, ain't God awesome? Look at verse 7. You are getting along so well. Who has interfered with you to hold you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God who has done it, for he is the one who has called you to freedom in Christ. But it takes only one wrong person among you to infect all the others. Don't allow nobody to infect you and make sure the devil ain't using you to infect nobody. Shh. See, when you understand grace, let me show you how powerful grace is real quick and then I'm about done. Let me show you how powerful grace is. Now, we just come out of Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement, where we're thankful that Jesus was our atonement. So we had to identify, go in our claws and say, God, search my heart and show me me so I can get all of what Jesus has done for me. Now, Sukkot is coming up, which is tabernacle. It represented when the Jews tabernacle with God, and God said, we are going to tabernacle with him when he comes back to the earth and reign for a thousand years. We're going to be caught up with him when the rapture comes. We're going to tabernacle with him. Those are future moments that haven't came yet. When we look at Passover, Passover happened, but it was a superficial, it was a, it was a shadow, a foreshadow of Jesus coming, becoming the lamb. So grace was sufficient before grace came. He sits at the Passover table, and what does he tell them? He says, listen, fellas. He said, I am the lamb. Take, eat. This is my body. God is so omnipotent. He has everything in divine order. He's got a plan to prosper us and to bless us. And so when Jesus comes, he teaches us how not to get caught up in the way of the enemy, how not to get caught up in the way of sin. When you walk this thing out, you can't shout it out. When you walk this thing out, you can't shout it out. When you walk this thing out, when you honor God, when you praise God, when you live for God intentionally, you don't have to be perfect. Jesus is perfect. He said if you miss it because you desire to be right with him, he said he'll hold you up in his right hand. Storms will come and he'll bring you through. What the enemy meant for evil, he'll turn it and work it in your, I love God. God got a plan for everything. He's got a plan to turn around and work everything in my favor. I want to walk in his peace. I want to walk in his joy because he made me to be free. Let's close out with Romans chapter 6 and uh, 2 Corinthians. Pastor Robin, if you go to Romans chapter 6 for me, we'll start reading at verse 1. God love us so much. He sent his son to deliver us. Isn't it amazing sometimes we preach that like Jesus just showed up in that moment. And he just died in that moment. It wasn't nothing else to the plan of God. That wasn't what happened. He taught us how to live for God. 
He taught us how to live in God by how he lived in the earth. So we have to study, Michelle, how he lived, how he walked, because that empowers you. He said we're his disciples. We're students now. We're being disciplined in this thing. We're walking in this thing. I walk in places and, and people, they don't need, they want to know who, 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 who are you? What, what, what do you do? Where you come from? There's something different about you. That's the aura of God. That's the oil. Even the world will acknowledge it. They don't know what it is, though. And God will give you favor. They just won't do things for you. No, no, you don't sit over here. No, you, you come over here. No, no, we want you to have this table. No, we want you to sit in first class. No, we want you. I know you got this room. We want you to have the suite. Why? They're acknowledging that there's something so awesome about you, which is the God portion, that they're moved to do something for you that your money and your conversation never asked for. God's about to bless some of you in such a way because he wants to use you. And so he's going to bless you. He's going to reward you for your righteous living. He's going to reward you for living holy. He's going to reward you. I'm telling you, God still rewards holiness. God still rewards righteousness. He's going to reward you. I know. I've been there. I live this thing. I'm in this thing. I've had people down through the you talk like this, people laugh at you, they talk about you behind your back, and they don't have nothing, and God will be with you, and you will have peace, and you will have joy, and they'll be broken down, and they'll be a part of that old religious jargon stuff, and, and that stuff doesn't mean nothing to God. God will favor you in spite of them. They have no control in your life. God controls your destiny. God favors you, and I want you to know that many of you, some of y'all about to break out this year in a way like you never broke out. Some of your business are about to implode and explode. God is about to bless some marriages in here. God is about to do some renewing, some refreshing, and some redos. All you, gotta, all you have to do is have a yes, Lord. All you have to do is have a yes, Lord. All you have to do is have a yes, Lord. Yes to your will. Yes to your way. God's going to do something great. The oil is pouring. I see the oil. I know the oil. There's some things you got to go for for yourself. Don't worry about nobody around you, your, your family, your friends. You love everybody, but your relationship with God, you got to go in there. You got to push in. Oh, God, is me. That's how we pray during the Yom Kippur. God, is me in the search of help. Not my neighbor, not my friends. It's me. Search my heart and reveal to be me things that I know about me and things I don't know. Because I want to be clean so I can be filled with your presence. Go ahead, Pastor Robin. Romans chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Uh -huh. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Whoa, 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 whoa. Say it. Read it again. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Shall we continue sinning so we can say grace is abounding where sin is? We just read it. I'm not making this stuff up. Go ahead, read it again, Pastor Robin. Shall we continue in sin that uh -huh. grace may abound? Okay. Certainly not. Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? If we came out. 
Come on, believers. Come on, Christians. Come on, church. If we come out. That's why some folk, they don't know how to come out because they say the world calls us hypocrites. Some folk laughing at the church. They're like, if this what it is, why would I? Why? I don't want that. You got to, God wants them to envy you. That's why the smallest blessings, God want to bless your money. God want to bless your business. God wants to bless all that. But the first thing is he wants your soul. He wants you to submit to him. He wants you to commit. And he'll bless everything. Why? He said he called you to be the head and not to tell. He said he called you to be above and not beneath. He called you to stand out. Yeah, yeah, we go through seasons. But when God got ready to bring Joseph out, he put him in a chariot. He put the signet ring on his hand. He had the king put a robe on him. He gave him authority and power. Some of y'all one step from, from the next promotion. Some of you one step, but, it, but God wants to. It's not the politic and that's going to get it. If you politic with man, I'm just going to use this as an illustration. doesn't mean that that's naturally what you're doing. If you politic with man, you got to sleep with him. So whatever you took to get it, that's why I don't, I don't play no games even in, I mean, even in church. We can have mafia. We can have bishop mafias. We can have mafia. You, you got to do so much. You got to do. But if God do it, whom the Lord has set free will be free indeed. Read it again, Pastor Robin. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Wow. Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life, for there's if a, we have been united... There's a new life that many people that go to church that are real believers who love God have not tapped into. The freshness. The aroma's even fresh. There's a scent when the presence of God comes in your room. There's a, there's a knowing. There's an awe. There's an awesomeness. Feel his embrace. To feel his love. He cannot abide where sin is. That's why he gave his son. He said, man, I need some blood. I need some atonement where the people don't have to keep making atonement. He said, I got some, got some blood. Go ahead, honey, read that. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, mm -hmm. certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Uh -huh. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. And do don't, not... Don't let sin reign in your life to where now you a slave, you, you driven. I know what that's like. I've been there driven to drink, driven to smoke, pornography, driven to get more money, driven to get more power, driven, driven, driven. God said, I came to free you. You're my children. It's all yours. I got a new life. I got a new taste for your taste buds. I got, I got songs that I want to sing to you and birth through you. I got books that need to be written. And the book is in you. I have testimonies that's going to free people. And it's in you. Because who else going to tell them about my goodness? Who else going to tell them about what I did for them? The way you can when you're free. You can still tell it. But it's different when you step in the newness of life. Go ahead, finish up, sweetheart. Oh, we love you, God. And do therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. Wow. Don't use your body to sin. Go ahead. But present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of the righteousness of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? Shall we sin because we're not under law, we're under grace? Go ahead, read, read that, that, that verse again, sweetheart. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, wow. you are that one slave who you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. Mm -hmm. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness. Now, I like that. He said, I speak basically in plain human language. He said, I, I, I want to speak this plain so you can get it. I'm not going to give you this portion in Greek. They're going to give it to you in Hebrew. I'm going to give it in plain. If you, if you speak English, I want it to be plain English. I don't want the words to be so long, so big. That it don't even make sense to you. He said, I'm going to give you simple words for a powerful message that's going to change your life. Read that portion again, honey. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. Mm -hmm. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. <laughs> he said, you... Just like you used to live for yourself, used to live for your flesh, used to sin and do whatever you wanted to do. He says, now, I want, you, I want you to become my slave. I want you to surrender yourself to me. I want you to live for me. I want you to live a life of righteousness and holiness. This is where the rewards come from, guys. He said, I reward you. 
Go ahead, Pastor Robin. For when you were slaves of sin, you uh -huh. were free in regard to righteousness. Which fruit did you have then in the things wow. of which you are now ashamed? Wow. For the end of those things is death. Uh-huh. But now having been set free from sin yes. and having become slaves of God, yes. you have your fruit to holiness and the, end, and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. Read on. But the gift of God is eternal, eternal. life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Come on, let's praise God. Let's praise God. Whom the Lord sets free is free indeed. 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 Whom The Lord sets free. It's free indeed. 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 That means in every action, in every situation, in every moment, you are free. You are free. You are free. If you receive Jesus, you have received freedom. You have received liberty. You have received the inheritance. All you have to do is receive it. Freely the Lord has given. Freely you receive and believe. Come on. Whom the Lord sets free is free indeed. Whom the Lord sets free is free indeed. Who the Lord sets free is free indeed. I want you to take five seconds as they're worshiping. And I want you to begin to just, just surrender your heart to God. Say, God, I thank you for setting me free. Now it's time to live the life that you've given to me. Lord, I thank you for setting me free. Now it's time for me to live the life that you've given to me. Jesus, I thank you for setting me free. And now it's time to live the life that you've given to me. Come on. Come on, praise team, birthday. Come on, just like I said. Come on, that's it.
joining us for our Sunday worship experience. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 11 a.m., every Tuesday at 7 p.m. for our Transformation Tuesday Bible study, and Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. you can catch All Things New Apostles Morning Inspiration Show. Until next time, be blessed.